It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. We're streaming live on YouTube as well at the Team 980. Joining us now, great friend of the show, good person. Can't wait to see him, uh, presumably out in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl, Indianapolis for the Combine, which, by the way, uh, and I told you this before the show. We haven't told the audience yet. I've kind of referenced this, but uh, we're taking the show back to the Combine this year. We already told people we're going to the Super Bowl. We're going to the Combine, too. We're going to be everywhere. Double dipping. Lots of American Airlines Advantage points uh, were <laughs> been, uh, purchased uh, in the last couple of days. Uh, anyway, but very happy to welcome back to the show uh, our, our great friend, host of NFL Total Access, and, of course, author of the excellent children's book, Fried Rice and Marinara. It's Mike Yeah, Mike, hello, sir. Great to be with you. Always appreciate the invite. And you know there's nothing more important than status, whether it's the airline or the hotel points. You you, got to score big. So well done by you. Mike, I'm going to be honest with you and the audience. Part of the reason that I'm going to the Combine is because (laughs) I was on the edge. I'm I'm just going to be fully transparent. Uh, I've got the gold status locked up. This trip should put me over the edge for platinum status for next year. Oh, yeah. So I was like, I think that we need to do this. And by the way, uh, I am definitely because I'm going with uh, my my personal training uh, fitness podcast partner. Uh, He and I have gone to the combine now for like seven, eight years uh, because it's like all the strength coaches are there on top of obviously all the the regular NFL people. And I was like, Chris, I'll get the hotel uh, through the American site because I need them them points. And he's like, I see you. That's all you, man. So uh, that is a vet move. By the way, I always think it's weird when people are trying to hold on to that status and they do like a cross country flight. But they, they don't actually have a reason to do anything. They literally hop onto the plane, fly, land, and don't leave the airport and just fly back home. So the fact that you actually have an event and it's yeah. as significant as the combine, you're winning, man. Yeah, and yeah, no, I was I, I was like, you know what? This is this is too stupid not to do it. It makes too much sense. I I, I should do this. I, I walked out of the combine last year. I was there for like twenty four hours. I did like a, let me get there early one morning, leave late the next afternoon, maximize a two day. So I guess it was more closer to 36 hours. I was like, this was dumb. Next day, next year, I'm just coming for two days. Uh, so this year we're doing that. So hopefully the, the, the long and the short of it, Mike is I'm looking forward to seeing you buddy, but now we've wasted two minutes of our time on the radio <laughs> talking about my stupid travel status. Even if everyone else is nodding along going, Hey Craig, you made the right move. Um, so, Mike, before you got to NFL Network, you were based in, yeah. in the Bay Area, Pac-12 Network. Um, you know, you, you kind of have had a, a front row seat out there on the West Coast in a lot of ways to what they built in San Francisco with the Niners. And, and of course, Adam Peters was a huge part of that. So I'm curious no what your uh, your vantage point of the hire that the commanders made in Peters is. I highly doubt you'll be the first person I've ever met saying bad things about him. I can't seem to find anyone with anything bad to say. And honestly, yeah. I'm not mad about it. Uh, totally. And look, I think you know fans in that area should be absolutely thrilled. Number one, you look at the success that the Niners have had over the last few years. And some would point to some misses in the draft, I I would tell you point to the hits. And, you know, I think some of the misses have really come on on the earlier rounds, which is surprising, but they've done a great job in the middle to late rounds of the draft. So there's that aspect. They've navigated free agency really well. Uh, Some would argue, well, they've had deep pockets. And you look at, you know, the top five, you know, highest paid players at various positions, and they have some of those guys. Yeah, there's no question. You got to spend some money and and they've done it really wisely. And I think the 
the emphasis on wisely is really important, especially for a team like Washington. And Craig, I remember being with you a couple weeks back, and this is before the trade deadline. I still looked at Washington's defense and felt like it was one of the better units that was, um, you know, I, I don't want to say underrated. I think that might not be the best way to describe it. But when you see some of the moves that they made, you know, Peterson is now going to come in and he's got an opportunity to, to reload this roster. There's pieces that are there, but I think, you know, case in point, we, we're probably talking about quarterbacks here with this number two overall pick. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that when you look, I, I think like one of the things with San Francisco, you talk about the hits, the misses, whatever, like they, they refined the process as they went. And the fact that they've been so successful, despite some of the high profile misses, misses specifically Trey Lance, and by the way, passing, and I thought it was interesting, Peter's has talked about this, where he's learned from the moves they made, trading up for Trey Lance, but also the ones they didn't sure. make, where they probably should have taken, obviously, Mahomes, for instance, at number two, uh, when they traded back with the Bears, who took Trubisky, and they took Solomon Thomas in that first draft where he was in San Francisco. So I, I think it's been interesting to watch how they've progressed through the years, and, and they learned like a guy like Brandon Ayuk is a good first-round pick for them, and they know how to develop it. And I'd be curious, Mike, if you have any insight on kind of that player development process. How much of that is the initial selections versus kind of what they set up as an organization to make sure that the players that they did ultimately bring in grew into what they wanted them to be? I, I think it's a heavy emphasis on the latter part of your statement, which is the de- development part. You know, clearly you got to identify these guys, right? I mean, and you got to feel like, hey, are they going to be a fit in our system? Can our coaches? take what's a really good body of work at the college game and elevate these guys. Cause you see that across the board, like Brandon Ayuk, for example, you mentioned him. I got to see him when he was at ASU pretty much saw every single snap that he played when he was in college felt like, you know, Brandon's got a really good potential to be a really good wide receiver. Did I think Brandon Ayuk was going to be the guy that I've seen, you know, this season, uh, honestly, like I, I think he's better than I thought. Uh, I thought he'd be a good wide receiver, but I think you could make an argument. If Brandon's playing for another football team, he's really not the third or fourth option in an offense. He's he's probably the second best option on most teams. So I think to your point, they've developed a guy, and you know. It, this happens too, where there's these lulls, you know, coming off of that rookie season for Brandon Ayuk, you did see a little bit of that sophomore slump and the second half of, of that rookie campaign also wasn't the strongest. And I think there was a patience factor that was involved there and really coaching, coaching and, and hard messaging to Brandon that, you know, some of the drops uh, that were plaguing him a little bit needed to be cleaned up. And now we're seeing the fruits of that labor. So I'm with you. I think you need to identify, but also need to project out and understand how is this guy going to fit into our organization around the coaches that we have here. Right, which is how Peters thinks about football, which has been really cool to learn about kind of how he came to that and how he's implemented over the years, uh, over this past week that he's been on the job in Washington. Mike Gam with us from NFL Network, host of NFL Total Access. And uh, speaking of the head coach side of it, uh, we had Siciliano actually on earlier. We're double dipping NFL Network today. Don't tell your PR department. Um, They'll never let me have anybody again. Uh, Anyway, the point is, uh, Mike, that I asked Andrew this question, and I'm curious uh, your answer as well. But of the known head coaching candidates out there, are there any that you know that have that it factor? And I and I will say, uh, to give you a moment to think here, like we had Andrew on specifically as well because he does the Ram stuff in the preseason and Raheem Morris is interviewing today and everyone talks about that with Raheem. So, you know, Raheem's got that it factor. You can talk about many other aspects of his and everyone else's candidacies. But when you, when you think of like 
future head coach, circle that. Some of the names that are floating around now, who are some of the guys that for you, you've been hearing about them for a long time and have a good feel that, yeah, that guy's going to be successful when he eventually gets a shot? So the it factor thing is is separate because I would tell you from a known commodity standpoint, when you look at Belichick comes to mind, Vabel, Mike Vrabel comes to mind. Those are guys that have done it, had success. You know, Belichick may be better than, than anyone who's ever done it. So there's that aspect of it. And yet oh, you turn the page and you name check some of the younger guys, the coordinators that are out there. Morris obviously has had some opportunities. You know, McDonald, not, not too far from you, the defensive coordinator with the Baltimore Ravens. I would be shocked. And maybe it's not this cycle, but just like, you know, Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Lions was a hot name a year ago. And now all of a sudden has been thrust into high demand across the board. I think it, it, it comes down to two things. You know, Slowick, another another guy with Niners connections. Where's the tree? Who, who's the guy that this dude has actually learned from? So Johnson comes to mind. Slowick comes to mind. I still personally favor some of the defensive-minded coaches that are out there. Um, McDonald, once again, to me, is got to be on the short list. I, I think you, you saw a team that had some really good pieces and is now doing things that we can mention with like the 85 Bears, uh, that team's defense. And I still think Baltimore is the most complete team in the NFL. Would be shocked if they're not, you know, the last team standing one in the Super Bowl in Vegas. So he, his his name to me is one of the first ones that that I would point to. And, you know, the slow factor, I, look, I, speaking of Baltimore, right? they're matching up against the Houston Texans this weekend. Yeah. You saw one of the things that we saw coming off the combine a year ago, since we will circle back to that conversation, was Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, which was going to be the better fit? An unknown, some question marks maybe with that coaching staff, not to say that they couldn't do it, but I think more people felt solidified that. Carolina would be a better fit for any of the young quarterbacks because of the experience factor. And yet we saw quite the opposite. Carolina is a job that's available right now in a very short period of time. And yet the Houston Texans, and this is why I like Slowick as their offensive coordinator, look at development we've seen in D'Amico Ryan's as a defensive-minded coach. So I give a lot of credit to what we're seeing from CJ um, to, to Slowick. So he's another name that I would throw into the mix as well. No doubt about it. Uh, and plus, if they hire Slowick or Raheem Morris here, you can finally have a full circle moment from the 2013 Washington coaching staff picture that everyone likes to throw up. And you'd be like, oh, look, one of them finally went back to Washington because both those guys uh, were here. Uh, again, Mike Yam, you can watch him on NFL Total Access pretty much every day but Thursday, which is why he's often on our show on Thursdays. And uh, if you have if you have a kiddo looking for a great book, uh, don't forget his children's book, Fried Rice and Marinara is available now. Uh, very, very cool book that he's talked about on our show before. So if you want to learn more about the book, uh, go on YouTube and search Mike Yam and my name, and you'll find the history of why he wrote the book because it's very cool. Uh, Mike, thank you as always, sir. Uh, we will talk soon, and hopefully I'll see you in a couple weeks. You're the best, man. I always appreciate the invite. Absolutely. Uh, that is Mike Yam, everybody, with us on the Hoffman Show. Quick look at what's trending. Then we wrap things up with real things, real people said, into real microphones.